I should turn my mic on. The video that we watched at the beginning of service was called Honoring Our Fallen Heroes. It helps us to remember them. Them, roughly 1.3 million, 1.4 million soldiers which have died over the years to protect and provide freedom for us. And these many soldiers have done this so sacrificially, not thinking about themselves. It would be so easy for them to hide and to run away and not serve us. You know, and I was thinking about this number this morning as I was preaching this. You see, that's about 400,000 American soldiers which died during World War II. Roughly 117,000 American soldiers in World War I. Roughly 58,000 in Vietnam. And these are only that we can account for. And only a quick Google search for researching, you could get much more exact numbers. Roughly 750,000 soldiers which died in Civil War. Roughly 25,000 in the Revolutionary War. And this doesn't account for the many, many, many Americans and people who have died around the world in all the many other wars and battles throughout history. But then as I was thinking about this, and I was thinking about that video you saw showing all those really, really cool and emotional black and white type photos, I thought about something. You see, we often remember those who have died for our freedoms of wars long ago. And we often find ourselves forgetting to remember them because it's been so long ago. We celebrate Memorial Day as a weekend of campouts and cookouts and fun. But you know, there's a lot of people in the world right now today who are celebrating it mourning. I saw one picture going around on social media this week and reminding people that there's some people, moms, dads, brothers, sisters, sons and daughters who are celebrating right now from a recent battle, a recent war, a soldier of a husband or a dad or a brother, sister, or more that might have died recently. And let me tell you, they're not out there celebrating this weekend. They're out remembering. And that's what we do today is we remember. We pause to remember, and as that video showed us, and I hope you saw it. For me, I saw it about 20 times, the video, before I picked it, so maybe it's more influential to me. But at the beginning of the video... It said this, it said that we need to pause and remember the amazing courage, the amazing honor, and the amazing sacrifice. Those three things. The amazing courage, the amazing honor, the amazing sacrifice that so many soldiers throughout history have given for us to have freedom. To protect that freedom, to provide that freedom. And we should remember what they did. John F. Kennedy said this. He said, as we express our gratitude, we must never forget that the highest appreciation is not to utter the words, but to live by them. We must also remember the reason for this weekend in a way which it truly impacts and changes our life. And it's not just something we remember one day. Franklin D. Roosevelt said, those who have long enjoyed such privileges as we enjoy forget in time that men and women have died to win them. They've died to win them. And John 15, 13 tells us greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. I love that the video ended with that scripture because it does remind us that these soldiers, they died for their friends. They laid down their lives for their friends. But it also serves as a great reminder, a great transition in today, into today's service, in today's sermon. 
Because as much as these soldiers laid down their lives for our friends, we need to also boast in the cross. Because Jesus did this for us too. He did all of this and more. You see, Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. Not just for his friends, but for his enemies, for sinners, for unworthy, unrepentant, selfish people like all of us. We're unworthy. Jesus didn't just die for his friends. Jesus died for us. The very people who hung him on the cross, he died for them. Jesus ate dinner. Jesus sat down and took communion with the very one who would betray him. Jesus sacrificed his life so that we would have freedom. Today we're finishing Galatians chapter, chapter 6. We're finishing Galatians, our series in Galatians. I'm going to have to work fast because we are short on time today. But final week in Galatians, I think we can go a little bit longer if we need to. You can throw tomatoes at me next week. But here's the thing. Galatians 6.14 tells us this. But as for me, I will never boast about anything except for the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. The world has been crucified to me through the cross, and I to the world. That's Galatians 6.14 and what we're in. You see, as we today on Memorial Day pause to remember the people who have sacrificed their lives to provide for our freedoms, we should ultimately be led to remember the great sacrifice of which Jesus Christ made for us through the cross. A sacrifice which provided freedom, but not just freedom for today or for tomorrow, but Jesus Christ's sacrifice on that cross provided a freedom for us, a hope for us that will last for all of eternity. Now, I'm not saying that we forget the soldiers who have died for us to have freedom today. We do that. We use this weekend to remember their sacrifice. But we also should use this weekend and each and every single day to pause and remember the great sacrifice that Jesus Christ made for us. Jesus Christ made this sacrifice so that we wouldn't just have life and freedom and hope for today, for tomorrow, but for all of eternity. So let's read today from Galatians 6, 11 to 18. And I'll have it up on the screen for you. Galatians 6, starting at verse 11, is this. Look at what large letters I use as I write to you in my own handwriting. Those who would want to make a good impression in the flesh are the ones who would compel you to be circumcised, but only to avoid being persecuted for the cross of Christ. For even the circumcised don't keep the law themselves, and yet they want you to be circumcised in order to boast about your flesh. But as for me, I will never boast about anything except the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. The world has been crucified to me through the cross, and I to the world. For both circumcision and uncircumcision mean nothing. What matters instead is a new creation. May peace come to all those who follow this standard and mercy even to the Israel of God. From now on, let no one cause me trouble, because I bear on my body the marks of Jesus. Brothers and sisters, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Amen. Amen. You see, in the intro video today, you watched these three statements come across the screen. It was powerful to remember the amazing courage, the amazing honor, and the amazing sacrifice of our soldiers. But I think today we need to remember the amazing courage, the amazing honor, and the great, amazing sacrifice that Jesus Christ gave us. And as Paul writes today, he writes these big letters. Big letters, or as it said here in the Christian Standard Bible... 
It said large letters. Paul's wanting you to see this. He's wanting to stress this to you. And he's saying it in such a powerful way that we should remember that we need to boast in nothing but the cross. As we remember these three, three things, we remember Jesus' amazing courage, Jesus' amazing honor, and Jesus' great and amazing sacrifice. Remember all of these things. But it's interesting. As we think about boasting in the cross, or as I did, I thought about this. You see, as you read the words of Paul, so let me change here. As we read the words of Paul and him pleading with these people, he's talking about boasting in the cross, but I don't think we fully understand what this would have meant to the people he's talking about. This would be a very strange illustration for them. You see, to them back, back in the day, this was an instrument of death. Now, to us today, the cross is a symbol of our faith. So today, we, we react to the cross very differently than people in the first century would have. Let me give you an illustration. Today, we wear the cross as a fashion accessory. It's a fad. You might not even notice people wearing them. I think of this week, I've thought of this week, about the many Hollywood actors or musicians who I see wearing a cross around their neck, a necklace, and then you watch the movies or you listen to the music, and it does not glorify God. You wouldn't even know they were a Christian because it's just something they wear. It's just a fashion statement or a fad. Now, none of us are perfect. Don't get me wrong. We all make mistakes, but we should be living and boasting in a cross in a way which it truly represents and glorifies God. Maybe you didn't notice this morning, but Pastor Tanner, as he was leading you in worship, had a cross necklace on. Now, I, I'm just going to say that I doubt everybody in here noticed his cross necklace. Now, I know Tanner has a good understanding of what that cross means. And we all do, too. I hope you do. But it's become such a normal fashion accessory that we don't even notice it. Or not always. People plaster this symbol on their cars as bumper stickers. They make Broadway shows about the cross and about Jesus' life. I'm not saying it's wrong. But what I'm saying is that we need to recognize what the cross truly means. And when we boast in the cross, we boast on the power of the cross. And what a Christ-centered life, cross-centered life gives to us, which is hope and peace. But in the first century, crucifixion was the most cruel and agonizing means of execution ever to be brought up and used to torture and end human lives. It was designed and then modified by the Romans not just to kill people, but to humiliate them. To humiliate them to a point where they would want to die. They would look forward to death. Imagine this. Imagine hanging there, brutally whipped and naked on a cross with spikes through your arms and legs while everyone walked by staring and spitting on you, cursing on you. And then you might have your family members, your friends there wishing they could do something to help you, but they just can't. You see, I give you that graphic illustration for a reason. I think we don't have any form of execution today which really helps us to understand just how graphic that was. And when we talk about the cross, when we talk about crucifixion, we don't understand just how bad it was. Crucifixion was so bad that Romans would not execute a Roman citizen in this manner. One pastor said that the one way for us to understand the whore, the more, how, how mortified that a first century person would, would be if they would see you walking today with a cross around their neck, would be to imagine ourselves finding a new fashion to be seen in people around Bloomer. Imagine yourself, walk around Bloomer, and you see somebody walking around with a necklace portraying a lynching mob. 
or portraying a firing squad or portraying somebody with an electric chair about to be killed. That's what a person from the first century, if they saw how we look to the cross as a fashion statement might see, they would think, why is that person walking around representing such a horrible torture and execution? Take it a bit further. We wear t-shirts with the cross on it, with Jesus on it. Can you imagine if you walked around Bloomer and you saw somebody with a picture portraying somebody being killed by firing squad and you would think, what is wrong with that person? Are they depressed? Do they need help? Now, you might be able to imagine a little bit the strangeness of what people might be thinking as they hear Paul pleading with them to boast in the cross. And these people here in boast in the cross are thinking to themselves, why would I want to boast in an execution? Why, why would I want to boast in something which was so powerful to humiliate people, to kill people? But here's the thing. As we boast in the cross, as Paul boasts in the cross, we're boasting in the power of the cross. And we recognize that by boasting in the cross, we boast in the hope and freedom that Jesus created for us. Boasting in the cross shares the good news of hope and freedom for the lost to be found. We boast in Jesus' courage. We boast in his honor. We boast in his great sacrifice. And apart from this great sacrifice, the cross, we do not have the benefits of salvation. That is why we wear the cross. That is why we wear our necklaces. That is why we plaster crosses on, the, on our bumper cars. I think we've lost our understanding what it means. We don't do it as a fashion statement. We do it because we want somebody to ask us about it. I think of Steve back there passing out Bibles among Greece and walking around the world portraying the cross, living a Christ-centered, cross-centered ministry. We place that cross in our life so that people can say, why? Why are you wearing that cross? And we can tell them, because I believe and I know without a doubt that that cross gave me life. It gave me life for all of eternity. We boast in the cross. And that's what we need to do a better job at. We need to do a better job at boasting in the cross. Because the best life is a cross-centered life. The best life is a cross-centered life. And as we, as we read the final words from Paul, I truly believe we see him touching on the major themes throughout all Galatians, but on the biggest theme of his life, which is the cross. You see, Paul's life was cross-centered. And our lives should be too. As we finish Galatians, I also want to point out that one commentator stated that Galatians is a letter addressing controversy. As many of the biblical letters address controversy. And the controversy in Galatians is about the nature of salvation. As we wrap up this series in Galatians, I want you to remember that we are saved by grace alone plus nothing. And that is Paul's final plea is that Jesus paid it all. And that the Galatians and us today should be living cross-centered, Jesus-centered, Jesus-focused lives. I have six points for you today, or six statements which tell you what is a cross-centered life. How do we live a cross-centered life? But before we get to those, I want to read to you verse 11. You see, verse 11 of chapter 6 of Galatians tells us this. Look at what large letters I use as I write to you in my own handwriting. 
or such big letters or such bold letters. I thought during the first service I was preaching this about how we oftentimes use bold letters when we want to really stress a point. I start in my sermon notes often bolding different things that I really want to stress. The funny thing is, as you can see, I end up bolding so much that then I change the color. So I have green points, I have red points, I have blue points, I have black points, because I bold so much because it's all so important to me. And then we lead to capitalizing things. Some of us might capitalize all of our sentences in a message, and I am mean to it, and then people think we're yelling at them. Well, you see, Paul was writing in large letters and in his own handwriting. So either he's been writing this whole letter or he's at least taken the writing utensil from the scribe now because he wants to stress this to you. He does not want to end this letter without stressing the great importance in his writing and the purpose, the reason behind his writing. He wants everybody to know you need to listen, listen up and obey, listen to what I'm trying to tell you because this is crucial that we recognize that we are only saved by grace. We need to boast in nothing else but Jesus and the cross. And we need to live a cross-centered life just like Paul. Now Paul here writes passionately with big letters about what was big to him, the cross. Now, I'm borrowing these six statements from the president of Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary, which I, I just found these statements as I was studying for the sermon. I thought you guys need to hear them. So here's number one. As we're looking to make our life a cross-centered life, number one, a cross-centered life is humble, not prideful. Now, each one of these statements is a great take-home for you guys to take home, evaluate your life of and apply to your life. It also goes along with today's scripture. So this goes along with verse 12 and 13. A cross-centered life is humble, not prideful. Verse 12 and 13 says this. Those who want to make a good impression in the flesh are the ones who would compel you to be circumcised, but only to avoid being persecuted for the cross of Christ. For even the circumcised don't keep the law themselves, and that they want you to be circumcised in order to boast about your flesh. Number one, a cross-centered life is humble, not prideful. You see, all of these false teachers, as I say before, I might have, I might have skipped over it, I'm saying it now. False teachers should stick out like a sore thumb because you see they're self-motivated. They're prideful. They're not focused on the cross. They're not focused on Jesus they're not focused on grace. They're focused about lifting themselves up and boasting in their works, their goodness, and how much they have abided by the law. But you know what? None of us can ever be saved by the law. It doesn't matter how good we think we are from week to week, day to day. We are still always sinful human beings. We're all still terrible. And sometimes the best thing we can do is just to admit, you know what? I'm a bad person. But Jesus was perfect. And Jesus was successful. Where I have been unsuccessful, Jesus has been successful in everything. He was successful in a great honoring, encouraging ministry and mission, and he paid the ultimate great sacrifice so that we can have life. These people, these false teachers of this day, these unbelievers which were leading people astray, were trying to lift up themselves and boast in their own goodness. That's why Paul is telling us we must be humble not prideful. We must boast in nothing but the cross. 
But here's the thing. They boasted in themselves. How often do we boast in ourselves? We boast in ourselves a lot. We too boast in a lot of things of the flesh, of the world. We must go to the cross and surrender it to Jesus daily. And truly recognize and remember that our fame, our success, our jobs, our money, our relationships, even our children are not what makes us good or saved or have life or have hope. It's Jesus which makes us have life, hope, joy, and so much more. Number two is this. A cross-centered life boasts in the cross, not yourself. And that's verse 14a. But as for me, I will never boast about anything except the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. As Paul chooses his words here, he chooses very strong words. If you were to look it up in the Greek, and I'm no Greek scholar, but some of you have been, I've, I've read that these are some of the strongest words he could have wrote to really get across his point. And I, as I said earlier, this definitely would have caught some people's attention as he says he's boasting in the cross. And these people are thinking, why would you boast in an execution, a, a way of executing our brothers and sisters? But it's not that we're boasting about a crucifixion as an execution. We're boasting about the cross of Jesus Christ and what that cross did for us. Paul here is boasting in the cross. He's boasting the fact that he walks by the Spirit, not by the desires of the flesh. And that's what we need to do too as we look to please God and not ourselves. We boast in the cross, not ourselves. On a side note, I wrote down, I was thinking at home and thinking about how do we boast in the cross each and every single day? I thought maybe we need to write down this statement. Maybe we need to write down and challenge ourselves tomorrow, every day, to fill in the blank. Because of the cross, I blank. Because of the cross, I. How would you fill that in? I wrote in a few. Because of the cross, I have salvation. Because of the cross, I have no fear of death. Because of the cross, I have confidence. Because of the cross, I know I am loved. Because of the cross, I have peace, comfort, strength for today and tomorrow. Because of the cross, I have hope. How would you fill that in? Because every one of us is different. Because of the cross, I. We need to boast in the cross, not ourselves. And although that statement says, because of the cross, I, it focuses us to boast on what the cross gives us, not what we give ourselves. Number three is this. A cross-centered life treasures Christ, not the world. And verse 14b says this. The world has been crucified to me through the cross, and I to the world. You see, we are free from the bondage of the world around us. We are free from the hopelessness, the corruption, the despair, the warped values. We need to not find our value in the things of the, the world. We need to recognize the treasure that we have in Jesus, the treasure that we have in God. Paul here wants us to know that when Christ died, we died to the world too. When Christ died on that cross, he took all of our sins, all of our past problems, all of the law of the past, and he gave us a new standard to live by. We no longer need to treasure those old laws or the things of the past. We don't treasure the things of this world. We don't treasure the desires of the flesh, as we spoke of in chapter 5. We treasure walking by the Spirit. We treasure living by God's Word. We treasure 
each and every single day having the blessing to come into his presence in prayer. We treasure being able to dive into his holy and living word. And we treasure the hope and life that we have. Paul is telling us to remember what we have. Live for what we have. Live in a way which shows the treasure that Christ gives you. We have everything that we need. Paul was so Christ-centered that he is saying that all he cares about now is Jesus. The world has nothing for him in relation to the cross. We have everything we need in the cross. Boast in the cross in a way which glorifies God. In a way which edifies the saints. In a way which the lost will be found. Where is your treasure? Where is your idol? Money? Your job? Your success? Your family? Your drugs? Alcohol? Relationships? Human praise? Power? Attention? Some of these things I might say and you might know immediately are bad. Or maybe you know they're bad, but you still might dab and dance in it a little bit. Others might sound good. You know, having success in this world, a successful job, a successful ministry, a successful friendship or relationship, they sound good. But anything which becomes your treasure or your idol before God is your idol is bad. We need to make sure God is our number one. And number four, a cross-centered life values spiritual transformation, not external rituals. Verse 15 and 16 says this, For both circumcision and uncircumcision mean nothing. What matters instead is a new creation. May peace come to all those who follow this standard, and mercy even to the Israel of God. You see, in 2 Corinthians 5, 14 to 21, we read about how we are a new creation. The old things have passed away and the new have come. In Galatians 2, 19 to 20, and many other verses also remind us there is a difference between living of the new, in the new, walking by the Spirit, compared to walking by the desires of the flesh or the old. We should be living in the new, living in the new values of spiritual transformation through Jesus Christ and the cross. The old external rituals, as our missionary Steve even reminded us that the Greeks um, even practice, they, they remember the many monthly rituals and times a year. Those things can be fun to celebrate. We can enjoy celebrating and remembering Memorial Day this weekend, as bad as that might sound. But we need to remember that although that gives us that gave us life, that gives us freedom, it's not what gives us life for all of eternity. That is Jesus, and Jesus alone, grace. Number five is this. A cross-centered life walks in truth, not error. And we find that in verse 16. May peace come to all those who follow this standard, and mercy even to the Israel of God. You see, Paul says that there is a new standard to live by. And some may find this standard hard because it takes our freedom, our grace, our salvation out of our hands. We want to be in control. We think we can be in control, but we're not in control. I used the illustration once about how men like to be in control. And that's why men are often blamed for not wanting to ask instructions. I didn't share this with the first service, but yesterday my car was dead in Eau Claire. The battery was dead. And my wife's asking me to just ask all these people around you if they have jump, jumper cables in their car. And my mind is not thinking about that. My mind's thinking about, how do I fix this? 
Because we want to be in control. We don't want to admit that we made a mistake. We don't want to admit that we're not in control. Well, guess what? I was saved by somebody else that had control by having jumper cables in their car. We need to remember that we are not in control, but God is. We need to remember that we have a new standard to live by. And that new standard is love. The love of Jesus. And that new standard is what brings us peace. We must remain truthful and obedient to the truths of the gospel of grace. Jesus, the cross. And that's what Paul is so desperately pleading with the Galatians. And that's what God so desperately pleads to us too. Remember me. Remember the cross. Remember Jesus. Remember how much I loved you that I sent my only son to die for you. Because you could not do this on your own. You needed peace. And the only way to have peace was Jesus. Number five, a cross-centered life walks in truth, not error. We walk in the, in the truth of knowing that we need the Spirit's guidance in our life. Walk by the Spirit. Walk by God's truth. But how do we walk and follow the truth if we don't even know and understand the truth? Part of walking the truth is digging into God's Word every day and having an active, growing relationship with Him through prayer and the study of His Word. We need to do these things. Walk by the Spirit. Follow Christ. Give Him your everything. And number six, finally, is this. A cross-centered life seeks to please Christ not man. Verse 17 and 18, the final verses of Galatians, says this. From now on, let no one cause me trouble, because I bear on my body the marks of Jesus. Brothers and sisters, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Amen. Amen. You see, these words might be kind of confusing to us. As we read, from now on, let no one cause me trouble. Is he really thinking that he's never going to have trouble again? Because of the marks on his body of Jesus? Is he really thinking that nobody's ever going to hurt him? Nobody's ever going to curse him? Nobody's ever going to persecute him in any way? No. It's not what this means. He's meaning he's not going to allow other people to trouble him in that way. Because he's going to remember who owns his life is Jesus. He's going to remember that he lives for Jesus, not for other people. Paul lives a cross-centered life. And so should we. Paul remembers that no matter how much other people may despise him, may curse him, may persecute him, and may try to trouble him, he's not going to be troubled by it anymore. Because he's going to boast in the cross. And remember, that's who, he, that's who he's pleasing. He's living to glorify and please God. And so should we. Brothers. That's what it says. It says, brothers and sisters... We are brothers and sisters, and do we live to please Christ in our life, or do we live to please others? Because let me tell you, I'm the pastor of this church, and I speak to 200 people every week to you guys, and it's hard to not think about trying to please people. I like to please people. But the number one thing in our life needs to be to please God first. Live our life in a way that glorifies and pleases God. That's what he so desires. Live our life in a way that edifies the saints, in a way that the lost will be found. What I pray every day before I preach, every week. And I pray that every day as I live, may I glorify you with my life. He talks about, I bear the marks on my body of Jesus. As you read those, 
And as he says that, he's speaking of a slave and how a slave would often be branded with a hot piece of metal with the symbol of his owner. That's what he's meaning here. He's meaning that if you were to look to him and see his wounds, it would be like a slave who is branded for his owner. Those marks on his body, he's proud of though. Unlike a slave, a slave who might be ashamed, he wants to show off those marks because he wants everybody to know that I am a slave to one, and that is Jesus. And I am proud to say that I boast in the cross. I boast in Jesus. I live for him. So here's my closing statement for you. My closing thought is to focus on that word brothers. Brothers, brothers, brothers. Brothers. Or as it said, brothers, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Amen. You see, the wording brothers shows us that we as disciples of Jesus are not alone. The grace and power of the cross revealed in the gospel of Jesus has not only changed our relationship with God, but has changed our relationship with one another. We try and do way too much alone. We need to remember that we have brothers and sisters in the faith, and we are united together under God, a God who loves us. And we need to love each other. We need to help each other. We need to point each other to, each, to God's word. And remind each other to boast in the cross. No matter what they're going through, good or bad, we boast in the cross, not in ourselves. Be like Paul and live a cross-centered life. A cross-centered life, which shows that the world means nothing to us because Jesus means so much to us. Plus nothing. Galatians, that's what Galatians is all about. The controversy of plus nothing. We are saved by grace alone. We are saved by Jesus and the cross alone, by God's grace, and we need to boast in that. So this weekend, as you pause and remember Memorial Day, you pause and remember the many lives which were sacrificed to give us freedom. I ask that we also pause and remember each and every single day Jesus' life, which was sacrificed to give us freedom, not just for today, not just for tomorrow, but a freedom for all eternity. Let me close in prayer as Tanner comes up to close us in song. Lord Jesus, we thank you for the magnificent power of the cross to forgive us, to bring a restored relationship with you and the Father, and to give us life, to give us life. We thank you for the amazing, amazing honor, courage, and sacrifice which you gave to us, for us. And we pray today that we'll remember this. We pray today that and I'm just going to say it just as I did in the first service. We pray today that we need to repent. And I'm going to say, I'm sorry, Lord, for all that I do to boast in myself. And I think we all can say this. We all in our prayers can say, I'm sorry, Lord, for what I've done to make it all about me. Because, Lord, in a world which wants to make everything about me, we need to remember that it's about you. We need to boast in the cross, boast in Jesus but not boasting in some way of execution or torture or humiliation. We boast in the cross of Jesus. We boast in the one thing which gives us life and gives us hope. And it's in your holy and powerful name we pray that all God's people said, amen. Thank you. Let's close together in this new song and let's focus on these words because they are powerful. Please stand. This is a new one for you guys. Just focus on the fact that we are alive in Christ, that he has arrested death, that we have nothing to fear.
sorrow dead in my sea Lost without hope with no place to begin Your love made a way to let mercy come in Death was arrested in my life was redeemed, only beauty remains. My orphan heart was given a name. My morning grew quiet, my feet rose to death. When death was arrested and my life Rejoiced as though heaven had lost. But then Jesus arose with our freedom in hand. That's when death was arrested and my life began. Oh, your grace so free washes over me. You have made me. Yes, we're free, free, forever. 
was arrested and my life began when death was arrested and my life began we're free free may that be the anthem that you live with every single day and as you leave today we are free thank you you're dismissed <laughs>